Welcome to the game. This is game. They should have never gave you platform. Let's do it. Yeah. Episode 56. <laughs> oh, man. Episode 56. This is The Gap. I'm your host, Kamal. Hey, give yourself a <laughs> hand if you're listening, if you're watching. Hey, shout out to people out in Denver that's listening. Hey, shout out to Columbus, Ohio. Hey, y'all listening out there too. I see the numbers going up. And the Bay Area. Man, Bay Area listening to your boy. I'm from the town, so that shit make me goddamn excited. You feel me? Hell yeah. Give yourself a motherfucking hand clap again. You feel me? Uh. Ooh, snapper roasties. Hey, I'd like to thank my sponsor, First Place Losers. Bow! The link to the shop going to be in the description below. Y'all go check it out. Look it. For my tubers out there. YouTube been around since 2005. I ain't going to tell y'all what to do to get the motherfucking video or channel booming. Y'all know what to do. But for my potters out there. Oh, if you want to find me, though, type in Kamal Johnson ENT. Bam, I pop right up. For my potters out there, though, I'm on Apple Podcasts, I'm on Google Podcasts, and I'm on SoundCloud. All you got to do is type in Kamal Johnson ENT or The Gab. Bam, I pop right up. All right, we got all that good the, the intro out the way. You know, let's hop right into it. And this week's topic is lyrics. Rap lyrics, especially. That's what we about to get into. And, uh, hey, man, shout out to Jay-Z and Meek Mill, man. They've been out there, you know, doing a lot of uh, criminal justice reform. They've been fighting a lot of uh, topics about that and shit like that. And this is one of the things that they fight for is basically lyrics being used by the prosecutor against the defendant. They want to cancel that shit out. They want to be like, nope, can't be using that shit. Can't use our lyrics against us. Hell no. <laughs> hey, and uh, you know what? I'm kind of 50-50 with this, though. You feel me? Because... It is a, it's a tricky subject because the thing about it is like, all right, if you put that out there, you saying this on a song, and you're incriminating yourself, you're kind of looking kind of dumb because it's like, all right, you, this can be used against you in the court of law. That's the point of what the fucking prosecutor's supposed to do: find any type of motherfucking evidence to motherfucking win the case, and this is part of evidence. You can't just be around saying like, you know what I mean? Hey, I popped this nigga right here, bow, 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 on third floor, this and that. And then they say like, all right, nigga was dead on the third floor. You are prime suspect. Nigga, what? <laughs> you doing that fucking job for him? What the fuck, bro? Like, literally. It's like, man. But then on the flip side, I get like artistic expression, though. Where it's like, all right. Maybe I'm not I'm not putting myself in that environment, but I'm talking about what's going on, and you get caught up in that shit. Or like I think one of the examples uh, that's been going around is Draco the Ruler. He said something about uh, this person R.J. and murking him, or had him tied up in the back seat or something like that. And then come to find out, 
the RJ character was never at the party that he's talking about in this song. But that's another loophole. You feel me? It's like, oh, who knows? Like, you know, the prosecutor just doing his job. And at the same time, an artist should be smart enough and aware enough of, like, you know, what you what you say can be used against you in the court of <laughs> law. And last time I checked, a lyric is something you saying. You're just saying it melodically and shit. <laughs> You're just making it sound good over a motherfucking beat. So, like, and then also... When it comes to rap, we always like be like, oh, usually rappers are rapping about their real life or what's going on around them and shit like that. And if that's the case, if I'm a prosecutor and I'm and I'm thinking like, all right, they say this is their real life, we investigating the motherfucking uh a uh, a crime that happened, usually like a murder or something, and. We saying, you saying this imitate your life. Uh, we're going to put two and two together and use this against you in the court of law. You feel me? But, like I said, man, that artistic expression, and especially if it's you just fabricating a motherfucking story, and they try to use that against you on another case, that's total bullshit. It's like, it's the same as the fucking freedom of speech, man. Lyrics of speech, bro. Is it, is it? Are you free to say whatever the fuck you want? I highly doubt that. <laughs> You're not free to say whatever you want, especially when it links up to a crime. Please, people, hey, make their job harder. Dang. Or don't even talk about your fucking crimes. Like, it don't make no damn sense. Even if it sounds good and it's over a beat and stuff like that, you feel me? And like is like still is like man these this shit I'm telling you it's a tricky subject it's a tricky subject I like that Jay Z and Meek Mill are like you know fighting this though and like teaming up to fight this because it's like at the end of the day it is artistic expression and a lot of motherfucking rappers be getting put away for this bullshit sometimes like they might not even be in the crime or whatever and they talk about it and they getting locked up for it too. Like, racketeering and all that type of bullshit. But, there are some rappers out there that's just literally just snitching on themselves. Dry snitching on themselves. <laughs> you hear that? Like, come on, like, bro. Like, you don't... At the end of the day, when it comes... This is just my opinion. F*** what I gotta say. You could take it or leave it. It's just an opinion. I'll be more on the lines of, like, not saying specific things in a song that can link you up to a crime. Like, don't even mention it. Y'all smart? Use similes and metaphors and shit. Make sure you're not even there. Damn. You feel me? Hell, shit, man. You know? Hey, man. And I ain't gonna tell you what to do. You know what I mean? Only thing I am gonna tell you, don't murder nobody. You feel me? What the fuck? None of that shit, you feel me? But it's like, we get it, you know, tough situations, tough environments. That's what most rappers are in, you feel me? There's some rappers that they ain't been to no tough environments. They faking the motherfucking funk, and we know that shit. But at the end of the day, all I have to say when it comes to these lyrics is be careful what you put out there.
be careful what you say. Because these motherfuckers will use it in the motherfucking court against you. The fuck? It's their motherfucking job. What? Put yourself in a prosecutor's shoes. You gonna think they ain't gonna use social medias and what you saying in songs and shit to put your ass away? Nigga. Nigga! Hey, man, my sources, though, was Rolling Stones in the New York Post. You feel me? I got that from there. Um, hey, man, conclusion, resolution. Be careful what the f*** you say. That's all I can say about this. Like, hey, y'all know what's out there. <laughs> YouTube been around since 2005. Shit, YouTube it. Google it. You see what? Man, <laughs> out, out here, man. Shit, bro. And man, shout out to Jay Z and Meek Mill though. I, I I am uh appreciative of what they're trying to do for uh criminal justice reform though. Appreciate that. <laughs> Kudos, y'all. Y'all get motherfucking handcuffs for that though. But. Yeah, man. All right. You know how I feel about this segment. Ooh wee. Oh man. Segment right here. And this movie I'm about to review is actually a great movie. We about to get into the Sam segment. Man, I need like a like a uh a own sound for it or whatever, you feel me? Let me Ow the sad segment. In this movie right here, The Last Black Man in San Francisco on Showtime. Uh I guess the shit is on Hulu too, but I found it on Showtime. I was literally chilling, uh getting done watching uh Yellow Jackets. Oh man, the ending of that. We ain't gonna talk about that though. We talk about that on another episode. But I saw the cover and I was like, the last black man in San Francisco? Shit, let me watch this. I thought it just came out. No, this shit been out since uh, 2019, June 7th. I'm like, damn, I'm late on this. And I'm so glad. I felt like this was like a hidden gem to me. Don't y'all ever get that feeling? That like, you like scrolling through something or whatever. If you're on Netflix, Showtime, HBO, and you see something, you're like, all right. Thumbnail look interesting. I might have to check that out. Tight little title. Let me check that out. And then you find and you watching, you like, damn, this a motherfucking hidden gem. This how I felt about this movie. I was like, this a hidden gem, man. I didn't even hear about this shit. Nowhere throughout the social medias, throughout the Twitters of the world, and a motherfucking Facebooks and Instagram and TikToks. <laughs> now old as hell, man. But yeah, this was a hidden gem to me on Showtime. Uh, let me give you the stats, because I'm a motherfucking stat teacher in this bitch. <laughs> All right, IMDb gave it a 7.3, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 92%. All right. You know what I say about them critics, though, right? Frick them! That's what I'm... You know what? That's what I'm going to start doing when I kind of agree with the uh, critics and shit. And then when I don't agree with them, I'm going to say, Frick them! <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say frick them when I do agree with them. And I'm going to say <laughs> when I don't agree with them. There we go. Uh-huh. Uh, But the people gave it an 86%. <laughs> hey, man, I agree with all y'all, man. This is a great movie. God damn. Joe Tabot. This is the person that directed this. Hey, man, kudos to you, bruh. God damn. Handcuffed and motherfucking air horns. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then, when I was watching this, I didn't know who was in this shit. You feel me? But as the 
starts shit start coming along. I was like, oh shit, y'all got them. This this motherfucker in the movie too. Oh shit, man, this cast had hella stories, bro. All right. So Jimmy Fowles, he plays his own self. So Jimmy, you feel me? But it had Jonathan Majors. He was a uh, Montgomery, aka Mont Allen. He was a uh, best friend. Him and Jimmy were best friends. They had Danny Glover. I was like, what the? F Danny Glover in this shit. Lethal Weapon. Classic. <laughs> I'm gonna review that shit for sure. Hey, but it had Danny Glover. He was a uh, Grandpa Allen. He was uh montgomery's grandpa it had mike epps i was like oh damn motherfucker comedic legend in my eyes i don't give a what nobody said that nigga comedic legend mike epps he was bobby he was uh he was uh jimmy's uncle then it had uh it had tanisha arnold bro motherfucking legend are you serious she was uh wanda she was um she was Jimmy aunt. And she was all out in the boondock. Man, I'll tell y'all the rest of the shit. You know what I mean? Uh, down the line. But, bro, it had way, it had hella more stars in here, man. This shit was just, bruh. Every time I saw somebody, I was like, what the fuck? They got them? Oh, hell. And the directing was so good. The, the pace of the movie was incredible. They even had, like, people on there that were like, I'm... Pretty sure they were local artists though. They, I called them the shit talking crew, but they were on there and they were really talking how niggas on the bay talk. You feel me? I felt at home and it was good and bad because some of the things I was like, damn, made me feel at home, you know, because I'm from the town, from Oakland, shit. And I was like, I feel for that. But then certain things happened like, damn, I feel for that too, but I shouldn't feel for that. That shit's fucked up. But essentially, the plot of this movie is Jimmy is um best friends with monty monty is creating a play he's a little artist uh, artistic and shit like that but he cool though he cool ass nigga you feel me uh and jimmy is just going back to this home that his grandfather supposedly built and he's going back and he's like fixing it up it, they lost a house like 13 years ago was it 13 or 12 13, 13 years ago, and the, him and his dad, his dad lost the house and, and all that, but he's going back, fixing it up, because the previous tenants ain't really taking good care of it, because they're going through their own drama and shit, and um, he's really tackling the issue of gentrification, that's what I think the, like, the little secret message is in this movie, you know how these motherfucking movies be, they always have these secret messages and shit, Message. I'm decoding the shit. For y'all, all right, all right, is that cool? <laughs> Look it, 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 it tackles the gentrification stuff, and then it also tackles how the the um the person that work at the bank not really your fucking friend, even though hey man, shout out to AJ, bruh. Hey man, that's my homie that work at the bank, man. He he really my homie that work at the bank, but the other motherfuckers that work at the bank. And they be trying to tell you about homes and shit. They, they, they might not be your friends. Because essentially what happened was. Uh, Jimmy was. um He went to the dude at the bank. And he, they were supposed to be cool. And he was like. Alright uh, this home right here. Like you know how much. How much do it cost it this and that. And bro looked it up. 
and was like, damn, this shit cheap as f. This all you need to do, just get this amount. Da, da, da. What happened? Nigga from the bank ended up buying a home and mark up the price because all the homes around it is hella marked up in price. See? See how they do? That's why you gotta have the cash already in hand before you ask about these homes. Alright? That's another hidden gem too. But basically, Jimmy is like, he's living at Monty's house, which is his best friend. So it's like, bro, the nigga's basically homeless, bro. And uh he uh is trying to get back this house. You know, it's a tie to him. It's a tie to his childhood. Him and Monty, they like kind of grew up in this house. And they essentially, bruh, uh, yeah, man. They they do these odd jobs and shit just to like stay afloat. And that's another I'm like, bro, that shit. Being, being from the Bay, being from the town and shit, and it's just poverty and stuff like that. You got to do odd jobs, and you just, like, you, when you when you poor as f***, you, you really don't be knowing where your next meal coming from and shit. That's what they were going through, too. And then also just, like, the whole, the whole, the niggas out in the street, basically, brothers. They had to deal with that shit. Like, niggas talking shit. And, like, they used to, Jimmy and one of the, like, main dudes or the niggas that's outside their home talking shit or whatever, they used to be friends. They grew up in the fucking foster home together. Like, he was in the foster home one year, but they became friends and shit. And then he welcomed him into the uh, home that uh, Jimmy used to live in. Because what happened was, the previous couple that uh, lived there, they were, like, a white couple. I think they were Jewish. Who knows? I don't the fuck know they're white. Whatever. Uh, they weren't taking care of the home. He was there helping them out. They were like, get the gig out of here. We don't want you here, blah, blah. But what happened was her mom died and the owner of the crib was actually her sister. So they were fighting over the home. And then basically Jimmy was like, nobody here or whatever. I'm going to move my shit in. So he moved this shit in. Him and Monty moved the shit in or whatever. So then they bring bruh in, you know, to chill, smoke or whatever. Monty bring them in and like at the end of the day. This nigga, right, he ends up, like, talking talking shit to him with his crew and shit. And it's like, damn, bro. Saying some old foul shit about, like, his dad. Because his dad wasn't shit either, bro. Man, his dad was, you know, was a piece of shit and was talking shit and just had no hope for him. It was like, you a piece of shit just like me. And it's like, bro. And then, like, his, uh, his uncle, who was Mike S. Carrier, Bobby, came around, too. And this nigga, like... Basically, take his took his car, but they're like this nigga homeless too. Like, might get sleeping in the car, bro. Like, it shows a lot of poverty in this shit, and how like a home is connecting. It's just showing like you have your house. Don't sell that shit. Yo, keep that shit, bro. It's so much more of a bond to a home, especially when a kid lives and grows up in it. You know I mean? Message. Um, but yeah, bro, nigga, just like start talking shit about. All types of shit, bro, about his parents, his mom, and all that. And Jimmy was like, you know, he held it together and was like, Get the thing, though, the next day, bro, bro gets popped, bro. That was, you know what I mean? Bro gets popped. That was his homie and shit. And um, there was one scene, and that shit was like, to me, was one of the most powerful scenes in the movie, bro, because this is how a lot of black men be feeling especially when you trapped in that environment bro when i was in that environment i was feeling just so tense and just like 
So basically, the the crew that talk shit or whatever, they homie, you know, popped or whatever, and then Jimmy come over and was like talking to him, and he was like, "Bro, that motherfucker was my friend too. Like, what the f bro? He was my friend too." And dude come over and was like, "Man, what the f you talking about, nigga? I wash you right now, nigga." And all his homies is like. All just bad influences. They always bickering and fighting and talking shit or whatever. Nobody lifting each other up. They all just a bunch of shit talkers, bruh. And it's just like, they're like, yeah, knock his ass out. <laughs> what he talking about? That nigga a bitch. Blah, blah, blah. And like, throughout the whole crew, that's what they be, They all be calling each other bitches. Talk about they'll fight each other. I'll knock your block off the... And then, Jimmy was like, dude, you gotta do, bruh. But bro is my friend too, bro. We all took a loss. And then bro, like, clenched up his fist. You didn't know what was going to happen. And bro just broke down, hugged him, and started crying. And that shit was powerful. Because at the end of the day, bro, even like, bro, we, we have all spectrum of black people. Black people that just like, you know, mass sophisticated, don't really talk shit. And we have our shit talkers and shit. But when we going through a loss and shit like that, end of the day, bro, all we need is a little bit of love and like a hug and shit, bro. And that's all Jimmy did. He gave that group. He just gave him a little bit of love. I'm like, bro, I'm here for you, my nigga. We going through it together. And hugged it out, bro. Like, that was powerful, bro. A lot, I'm on nigga, a lot of niggas going to be like, oh, I wouldn't do that shit. I'm tough. Like, like, come on, bro. Like, at the end of the day, you need a hug, bro. It's cool, bro. Hug your brothers, bro. Hug your brothers, bro. For real. And then, like, the ending was basically Monty ended up uh, creating a play. He figured out a play. And the play was basically showing, basically, the main character was a dude that got shot. And then everybody was everybody was sitting there. In the, it was kind of like a, a, a homage to Burr, but also kind of show, like, the gang violence and poverty and how, like, this shit is dumb, bruh. It's like, it's, it doesn't make sense. And, um... Yeah, bro, and then, like, his homie got up and was, like, during the play, he was, like, because he had a Q&A, basically, at the end of the play, kind of, kind of like a Q&A. Basically, that's what it was, but his homie was, like, did I push him too hard? Like, did, was I pushing him too hard? Was basically saying, like, was I talking too much shit? Like, was I not more uplifting? Like, have a balance. Like, it's cool to talk shit to your homies, but have a balance. They doing good or something, or, you know, don't always leave. Like, leading him to danger, that's fucking dumb. You feel me? And then, at the end of the motherfucking play, though, because Monty went to the bank and found out the, he found the deed of the house, and the house was not built by Jimmy's grandfather. You feel me? It was not built by his grandfather at all. And Jimmy said he, he, he knew. He just wanted to keep that, that sliver of hope. That's all it was. It was that sliver of hope. Something to live for. You feel me? That house was it. And he just kind of made it up in his mind. And just like... And I, at the end of, he, just, he really wanted his dad to just stop lying and just tell the f***ing truth. And his dad still couldn't tell the truth. Looked him dead in his eye and lied to him. F***ed up, man. A lot of shit to go on with this shit, bro. And then, also, uh... Uh, Tanacha uh, Arnold character, they got the, bro, I'm fucking his name up, man. We just gonna call it T, man. T Arnold. T Arnold character, look it. She was basically Jimmy's aunt. She just lived out in the boondocks or whatever. And, like, I love that they threw her in here, but she was kind of like, 
a wasteful character. It's kind of like a pointless character. I didn't know why why they had that. But I'm glad they did. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But um, at the end, he's like at the play. It is Monty was like, "Yo, be real. The home is not yours. The, your grandfather didn't build it." And then everybody that played just got up and left because it, it was an awkward moment. And Jimmy was all like, he was pissed. But a couple of days later, you know, him and Monty talk, talking things out. You feel me? Talk it out. And he talked it out. And he was like, you know what, Monty, you was you was right, bro. He didn't he didn't build that, and Jimmy ended up going off his way, and Monty stayed stayed there, and he was like the symbol of the last black man in San Francisco. Boom! That's it. That's the end. Such a great Giggity. movie, man. It has so many messages in there and shit. Jeez, such a great movie. I love it. I loved it, man. Anyway, like I say, I don't ever either deter y'all or tell y'all what to watch. I just give y'all my opinion on what what comes up when it comes to shows, albums, and films. And uh, this was a great one. So this was the last black man in San Francisco on Showtime. Wow. All right, man. We about to get into this next segment right here. Uh, man, y'all know what time it is, bro. It is. Meantime, meantime. Oh! hey, meantime today, bro. We about to get into this meme right here. All right, you know, you know the meme when it has the white dude that gives a look like he's like from Potter's. I'm trying to give y'all eyes without saying. Uh, I know y'all don't see me right now, but y'all know the white dude I'm talking about. He, he's like, excuse me. He give that look, <laughs> and it reads. When you Google the lyrics and realize you've been singing nonsense for six months. <laughs> Bro, the lyrics be like, <laughs> Are you saying some shit? Like, I ran into a crayon store. Him and them in anymore. And they, they go to the door. You be like, that's what they wrote? A DVD to the door? The crayon store? What the f*** have I been saying? <laughs> bro, them lyrics be wild, bro. Them lyrics be mad wild. All right, bro. For my potters out there, I got this uh white dude in um in that nerdy fucking button-up flannel shit. And he got the glasses. He looked like a uh, real talk, though. He looked like Lord Voldemort from fucking Harry Potter with glasses on. <laughs> Lord Baltimore, the nigga name we shall not say. That's what he looked like. You feel me? And it reads, if gentrification is so bad, why is it so good for me? A man who likes frozen yogurt. <laughs> Bruh, you know the gingy is coming when they put a fresh yogurt spot? A Whole Foods in a motherfucking grocery store that you don't know the Ford. name of it. It's just there. <laughs> that gentrification is coming. Oh, can't forget about the Starbucks. Oh, my God, bruh. Jeez Louise. Oh, oh my God, bruh. That's funny. <laughs> so true, though. Man, gentrification sucks. Jeez Louise.
Alright, man. Oh, man. So, it's a two-part little uh, meme, you know what I mean? It has a, it's basically a reply to a, another another meme. Alright, so for my potters out there, it got this vampire. Ugly than a motherfucker, bruh. Ugly-ass vampire. And below, it, it reads from this uh chick. Her name is Philanter... Philanthropus. <laughs> I can't read. Ah, but anyway, it says, why are vampires always wealthy in movies? Like, how do they make a living? Laughing my ass off. And they asked somebody below, it said, child, please. And <laughs> the ad name is, in a Yama child. <laughs> and it reads, if you've been alive since, uh, since 1892, it's still broke. Just step into the sun. <laughs> Yeah, bro. You've been alive that long, you broke me. You deserve to die. What the f***? Alright, now let me clarify. Just because you broke don't mean you deserve to die. But if you've been on this earth and it's 2022 and it's 1892 since you've been born and you ain't found a way to get rich yet, sorry, now, nigga. Step into the sun. Third rock from the sun to be exact. <laughs> anyway, man, bruh. Give yourself a motherfucking hand clap if y'all watching or if y'all listening. Hey, I'm Kamal, your host of the Gab. Hey, for my potters out there, if you listening, I'm on Google Podcasts, I'm on SoundCloud, and I'm on Apple Podcasts. All you gotta do is type in the Gab or Kamal Johnson Nt. Bam, I pop right up. For my tubers out there, though, bro, bro, I've been on. I've been on YouTube, been, on, been around since 2005. I've been on YouTube for like a year and a half now, two years. Hey, look it. I ain't gonna tell y'all to get the video booming or the channel booming. Y'all know. All you gotta do to find me is type in Kamal Johnson ENT. Bam, I pop right up on YouTube. Hey, man. On that note, I'm about to be out, bruh. Man. Wanna be a rapper is a tough job. Jim Jones is right. Most dangerous job on the motherfucking planet. This was a game. This was a game.